Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, how you doing? Yep, it's that day that will live in infamy, and I guess it does because it's 80 years and we're still noting it. December 7th, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, however, it is 2021 now. Uh, Susan should be joining us because it's Tuesday. Hi, Suze. Hi, I am, I am. It's a Pearl Harbor I day. Know. <laughs> yeah, it is, Sorry. December 7th. I yeah. think mom and dad or dad was at a Chicago Bears Packer game when it happened. Really? Ask mom someday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why that's in my head, but they were both at Northwestern. They were in Chicago, and I think so. Or somebody Google, was there a bear? Was there a Chicago Bear Packer game at Soldiers Field on December 7th, 1941? <laughs> I think so. Anyway. Uh, I have never so they, heard that. So, but, okay. you know, well, that's just an interesting thing about children growing up in the same house, separated by years that know different things. No. And, I, and I'm not sure I know that. But I think, why would I think that? Why would I even think somebody see if there was if the Bears played on December seventh at Soldier Field on Pearl Harbor? <laughs> I'm serious. I think Dad was at that game. I don't th- I don't know that she was, but they were an item, and uh, she would have been what nineteen twenty. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And their lives were just about to go completely. Pretty amazing. What I've I mean, always what found interesting is mother's memory of that time is never, she never talks about being scared or worried or I know, um, right. ever. She doesn't have, she has these cheerful memories of it and I don't get it. <laughs> you, you know, know you're she right. just tells funny stories about the silly places they were forced to live and blah, 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 blah. And it's like it had no sense of peril or strangeness or I'm a I'm a very naive young married woman sitting in Florida in a boarding house all by myself and I'm fine you know even though planes were crashing outside the windows right do you remember that um Oh right, I that's don't... one of her stories that the, the the planes were crashing and 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 who would run in to save the pilots? This was like a training base. There was something I don't know. You're training pilots somewhere in Florida where my father. I don't know why they were there. He was well, he was he too. was up the USS Sarasota, so maybe that's I where know. his ship was docked. No, was, there... I don't. I don't think so. I think he was still in. I don't know, but it is interesting that we don't know much and you're right. She, there were funny stories though. All I remember her ever telling, they were a young young woman in love. That's all. They were uh, young people in love. But if my husband went off to world war two for four (laughs) years, I wouldn't have happy little pleasant little memories. 
Ah, that's when dad was home on leave. That's where we saw the president go by in San Francisco. And that's, that's all I, you know, that's it. And that's when Bill was conceived. Your father came that's right. and these are the his stories. Ship put in his ship put in in San Francisco, and he through coded messages let me know to somehow get there. And so we had a, such a wonderful a train time across country of, to San Francisco. Right, but and these they are stayed the at this stories. grand hotel in in San Francisco, which uh, forty years later, Eric and I stayed in. And Harry Truman went by in a um, Harry Truman. Yeah, Franklin. No, that was it. Roosevelt. Sense. No, it was Harry Truman. So that was later. That was a different thing. Anyway, who knows? But these stories—that is right. These stories are. Um, and what the hell did she do during the war? Didn't she work for a little bit as she a, was a decoder? A decoder? Well, why doesn't she talk about that experience? Well, why do you doesn't. think she still sits around and does cryptograms? Okay, fine. But what did she? I mean, there is no. It's true. That's what no she sense. did. That and I that I got out of her because I did say, "Hey, mom, uh, no, you I know, think, everybody yeah. was Rosie the Riveter. What did you do?" She said, "Oh, I was. I worked in uh, decoding messages." I don't know. Ask her more about it. It's ridiculous. Well, people, young people living through consequential history and just being blasé. I don't understand. She must have been, come on, she must have been terrified. She must have been missing him. She must have. And well, all I know is that you and I would have just spent the time throwing up. So I'm just not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Well, that's the difference between the greatest. You would have been and eating and throwing up, and I would have been not eating and throwing. Not eating and throwing. Up. <laughs> that would have been about right. God. Oh God. Okay. I don't know, so, but I, you know, I've, I've, that's what I've wondered for years. You know how how her memory of World War II as a young bride sounds like a 1950s sitcom. Hmm. Is she awake and up and conscious? I don't know. I'm in Chicago. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're in Chicago. I thought you were in Green Bay with her. It's oh, one of those man. rare times. No, I left yesterday. Oh. Okay. 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 I was thinking we could put her on and see if she can remember anything. Whatever. Okay. And you know what? I have to say, I've been having these... You know, I am an empath, and uh, I saw a picture of some poor Ukrainian soldiers sitting around waiting to be attacked by Russia. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and and here I see, here's how these things happen. Everybody knows Russia, apparently Biden and Putin are going to have a a little talk today, which will go nowhere, but Russia's going to invade a, a sovereign country, Ukraine, which Russia petulantly believes belongs to it because there used to be something called the Soviet Union. And right. And, and it has things that uh, Russia wants. 
Well, but there's a real affinity somehow. The Ukraine, I mean, uh, a lot of big Soviet Union people came from the Ukraine. Ukraine. There was no right. sen- there was no sense that there was. But can you imagine? And I was feeling for what's his name, the president, the guy who used to be a uh, a comedian, right? A comedian. I, I don't think he's laughing much since he's gotten in, gotten into politics. Because now he's a president of a country. He figured prominently in um, in Donald Trump uh, getting into the White House, if only because. Uh, and you remember all that? Yeah. With all the jerks around, who? I mean, that that's where what Manafort and uh, even. Supposedly Cohen, they were doing things in Ukraine, and then Giuliani was big with yeah. Ukraine, and they were yeah. trying to and trying to say that Ukraine was where what Hunter Biden? Do you remember all? And then this poor jerk—I mean, he's not a jerk. This president of Ukraine, who's about to have his country invaded, uh, gets a call from Trump. Right? Do we remember? That? No, they, you are absolutely right. You are absolutely right, oh, but which only reminds me of of the hysterical thing. Did you talk about how uh, Tucker Carlson asked Hunter oh, Biden no. to write a uh, college recommendation for his kid? You're the, kid. No, there are, there is emails were released between Biden and Carlson, you know, from a few years ago, wherein he is sweetly and you know companionably, you know, joshing around what Hunter Biden and saying it would be so helpful as you an alumnus of the school would you know please uh, write a recommendation for my son. I know it would be extremely helpful, and let's get to dinner real soon. Wow. What a vile, vile human being. I mean, it's just... But I mean, you know what he hears about? But then he can go on camera to a person that he, you know, and and just like sleep at night. I don't know how... I mean, how is that possible? (sighs) And how... and, And his son knows this about him, for example. Oh, I don't. Who the hell knows? Well, his son knows that Hunter Biden wrote that and that his father, you know, then behaved as his father did. I mean, I don't know how you can shame yourself thusly in front of your children, you know, if no one else in front of your children. Well, if the what is that? The what is that doesn't fall far from the tree? Apples and things. Well, if the apple doesn't fall far Sometimes it rolls a bit after it falls. You yeah, know? well, you know, it could be, uh, you know, the sun is uh, every bit as repulsive as the body. I don't. Well, know. of course, when, you know, you know, having been brought up with his, uh, you know, his sense of strong uh, sense you know, of values. ideals and ethics. Oh, yeah. yes, exactly right. So who the hell knows? Hey, um, before we get into, I mean, but really a a moment of uh, thought for these poor Ukrainians who are about to have the, you know, Russian, they're no match match for the Russian. Can you imagine? And the world just sits 
in, in that regard, it's sort of like the world sitting and letting Germany go into this country yeah. and then into that country and not wanting to get involved. That's and right. Already come out and said, you know, we're not threatening war with them, of course, but we're economic war uh, with them. But we're going to give them a real talking Zelensky, to. right? Zelensky, yeah. I think, is a poor guy in Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, what the hell? Uh, anyway, so I'm just saying, uh, I don't know what you have to do today, but poor Joe Biden has to uh, sternly talk to Vladimir Putin today and uh, tell him that if he invades Ukraine, we're going to um, try to hurt him financially. Big effing deal. Whatever. Okay. Uh, Oh, here was an interesting little bit, and I don't know if you saw this, but uh, how Omicron got its name. No, I did not see it. Okay, so it turns out that this naming of, you know, Delta and Omicron, that that is a result of the World Health Organization very recently saying, we've got to stop Naming things uh, after countries. Right, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. the the practice of uh describing uh these you know, these ver- these these viruses to the places that they were first detected is I mean, obviously it stigmatizes the place. And uh, they pointed out that, you know, the Spanish flu, that was the last big epidemic in, you know, 1918. It didn't originate in Spain. And in fact, the sense is now that it probably originated in the United States. Well, that's what I was going to say. The United States names it after someplace else when they figure out where it's from. Well, I don't know if they knew, but this, whole, you know, this desire to use this, I mean, and just because the, the poor, more on top of things, South Africans who were actually doing the kind of sequencing that would discover a variant. Well, uh, and doing a world notified by saying, and, exactly. excuse me, right. Right. And, and now, so anyway, that's how they, they, they do it. There's Greek letters. And believe it or not, there was an alpha, beta, gamma somewhere, but didn't rise to the level of, you know, Delta. This one we knew. And since Delta, they were, they're following the alphabet, just like, you know, hurricane things. Right. And Omicron, which, by the way, I have to admit, was a Greek letter that had not gotten into my head. I didn't, when I heard it, I thought. They must oh. not use it for fraternities or sororities. Right. How is that? They must not. Is it because it's so friggin' hard to say? Omicron. The M and the N get you, get your tongue a little tied. But Omicron is the 15th letter of the Greek alphabet. Uh, Delta is the fourth. But there was an alpha, beta, and gamma. And then, believe it or not, there there are other variants that were, but we don't. They don't get in the news because they ended up being, you know, something we didn't have to worry about. They just didn't. Yeah, there, there was nothing to be. There was a lambda, and there was a mu. And I guess the next letter 
that the Omicron should have been was new, N-U. That's another Greek letter I don't know. N-U? Yeah, well. And they didn't, they passed over N-U because they said it would sound like it would confuse people because it because would they sound think like you were saying it's a new virus. Exactly. And so they skipped over it. So like they don't the want next- people to say 9-11 because when you go to the telephone, there's no 11 button. <laughs> honest to God. I bet that's true. No, honest to God. But there is a 9-11 now, so it's just as well. I mean, there's right. a, you say 9-11, that means something. Yeah, 9 right, means right. something else. Right. But, so I don't know the Greek alphabet, obviously. So they didn't use new. The next one is G. X-I. I don't know how it's pronounced. I you know it's pronounced Z in uh, China, I guess, sort of. So that that's was not Greek. <laughs> no, X-I. How is that pronounced? I don't know. Greek alphabet. They skipked over that. Because no one knows that? how to pronounce it. <laughs> also, because it's the name of the, the Chinese, Chinese um, prime minister, president, whatever strong man and he doesn't he's not known for his sense of humor so no he would not want a you know potentially lethal virus named after him so they kept moving on I mean they skipped new and then they skipped XI and what's next Omicron so that's how it happened um, and they, the WHO said, World Health Organization said, who's on first? I, I, maybe yeah. the World Health Organization said that they do this to avoid causing offense to any cultural, social, national, re- regional, professional, or ethnic group. Okay, so that's why uh, they did. That's how Omicron came to be because technically it was supposed to be new. Well, I got it. I mean, you know, you can't depend on uh, people to, well, that would be a tough one. It's a new virus. Uh, it's the new virus. Uh, it's but a, it's new a virus. variant, so it it's, doesn't it, Yeah, it's, it would be hard to make it clear in at least our language what that right. meant. <clears throat> And I also, they didn't say they skipped over XI because of the Chinese president. They said they skipped over XI because it is a very common name, name. in China. In China. So there you have it. Um, oh, God. Well, you know, in okay. that sense, in that sense, they were trying not to call it the China virus. You know, if, if, because yeah. it wouldn't be so, thought of as a Greek letter. Here's what I want to ask. I want to ask, oh, please have this come up. Did no one know whether there was a Bear Packer game in uh, uh, 1940? No, no one has said anything. No one has said anything. Did you happen to see, uh, see, Mike? friggin' 
Okay, I hate that wheelie thing that happens, and then you know you've lost total control. Yes. When that wheelie thing happens, does it ever correct itself and actually produce something, or do you always end up leaving in, um, you know, it, it's, do you know what I mean? Yes. Do you, do you, do you ever pinwheel. just wait? Do you ever wait for it to stop pinwheeling? No, I yeah. always, I always um, cancel out of that whole thing, restart whatever app that is and see what happens next. Sometimes I restart okay. the whole device. Well, that's not what I'm going to do. But I wanted to ask you if you saw something that was put into evidence in the Elizabeth, what's her name? Uh, yeah, no. Holmes trial. Yeah. Uh, the Theranos. Anybody following uh, that uh, trial? There's so many trials. And you know what? Would normally be huge news. And we're not following them because we're all just trying to stay alive. And and um, the other trial that normally we'd be yapping about is this uh, the trial in. Um, okay, just so you know, on on I mean I'm paying absolute attention to you, but on Monday, <clears throat> December eighth, <laughs> the United States of America officially end, entered World War II, and the games played on December seventh, nineteen forty one, Chicago Bears thirty four. Uh, doesn't say who they played. Well, if they gave them 34, surely they're going to tell. Sounds like they beat whoever they play, but I think it was the Packers. Where? Really? Yeah, okay. Well, okay. Um, uh, Holmes memo. Wait. Holmes memo. Theranos. Uh, Let me see if we can find it. Okay. Uh, so there was this memo, I'm hoping I can find it, put into, uh, the, you know, the testimony. Uh, she, I mean, if she's found guilty, she's, she's going to jail for a long time Yeah. and I'm not going to find it. If anyone can find, you know what I'm looking for this. She is somebody who was so. Uh, what's the word? I want to say controlled. Oh, by her, um, by I, her boyfriend. No, no. See, that's why I don't want to say controlled because no, by herself in that she wrote and it's, it's now part of the trial. She had, you know, we all have like little to-do lists. Her to-do list for one day was the most specific mind-boggling thing I have ever seen. And I wanted to share it with you, and I thought I had it, but I got the wheelie thing. It, in her handwriting, and it starts like, if anyone's got it, send it to me. Um, it starts like at 4 a.m. or 4.30 at the most. You know, wake up. And then four to, oh, that's what it was, four. Four to 4.15, uh, you know, get dressed, do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. Then she starts what turns out to be a three-hour routine of meditation, exercise, 
um, Trayer, all, all laid out in increments of 20 minutes, 40 minutes, this, that, where everything, shower then, shower, get dressed again, um, get her, uh, it, and interspersed with all this is sort of these, these pep, these pep talk sort of things to herself. Affirmations. Or, or, or reminders, like, I will, uh, like, never be reactive. Always be proactive. Never raise your voice. Never this, that. And talking about how she would not even smile, I think, to, to create this kind of, it is the creepiest the most mind-boggling thing. And to assume then that that was not a special day, she must have done that every day. This is the woman who sweet-talked the likes of Henry Kissinger, Jim Mattis, George Schultz, um, uh, Rupert Murdoch into giving her lots of money. They sat on her board or they gave her money. And she was running a friggin' scam that could have killed people. It was a blood testing thing that she said did all this stuff. And it didn't. It didn't. And people bought into it. No, it was just, it was unbelievable. And used the tests. I mean, that's the problem. They used the tests. So I, oh God, I'm. You know, we we can't really care about why we have to, that's, you know. Well, there is, people were just fascinated by this handwritten. Okay, the notes include guidelines such as, I am never a minute late. I show no excitement. I call bullshit immediately. Yeah, yeah. He, she said yeah. those rules all came from Balwani, the boyfriend. Oh, she's blaming him. Yes. It's in her handwriting. He didn't create, you know, her schedule. That's in her handwriting. Right. It is. Uh, I'm looking at it. Um, and it, it, it it's really... Uh, oh, yeah. Four, four to 4.15 a.m. Wash face change. 4.15 to 4.45. Meditate clear mind. 4.45 to 5.20. Walk. Walk out. Wall out. Warm, work out. Work out. Work out. 5.20 to 6.20. Change. Shower. Share. Shave. Shave. Here's what I want to know. Shave. Perfect, she says. Shave. Well, she must shave her legs every day. You and I were Wisconsin hairless. How could you? Don't have to shave your legs every day. Are you freaking kidding me? Well, people do. Six twenty oh. to six thirty. Pray. Six thirty to six forty-five. Breakfast. Banana. Whey. 
Oh yeah, what spell. she was eating. And she can't spell banana. Either. Banana. B a n n a n n a. Right. So she misspells banana. But <laughs> when you see what she eats, it is salad with to- <laughs> this is lunch. Salad with tofu and tabbouleh and green drink. Dinner Wonder broccoli that. with quinoa, garlic, something and balsamic. Horrible. So that's why she's skinny as a rail. But, I mean, how driven in this bizarre way do you have to be to live your life on a schedule like that? And to be telling yourself, having to repeat to yourself, you know, these little things about uh, never this, do that, blah, blah, blah. Unbelievable. Anyway, my hands are always in my pockets or gesturing. Well, that's what awkward. What the hell is that? That's I mean, weird. that's just awkward. Here, no, I'm going to remove a hand from my pocket, make a gesture, and then immediately return my hand to my pocket. If your hands are in your pockets, it would seem you don't want to use your hands. So it's weird that she uses them to gesture, and if they're not gesturing, she hides them in a pocket. What's yeah, that about? Just, I have no idea. I have no idea. Okay. Okay. So there. Anyway, why it was introduced into evidence, I don't know, unless it's an effort by her to say this is how controlled I was, and then that, that, that is why it was because there. of him. Yeah. Well. I, yeah, right, whatever. Um, Oh, I wanted to share this. Here's another to-do list I want to share. This one I think I can get to. This I saw initially on Twitter, but it's so right on the money. Um, It's uh, if the Republican Party had a to-do list, here it is. Republican to-do list. First of all, under the title, Keep Them Poor, the subtitles are No Minimum Wage, Break Unions, Cut Welfare, Cut Social Security. Those are all Republican things. And what do they add up to? Keep people poor. Keep them sick is their next to-do. Repeal Obamacare, cut disability benefits, privatize veterans' health care, all GOP efforts. Keep them stupid is number three on the list. Deny science, revise history, cut school funding. And number four is control the women. No equal pay, pro-life, closed Planned Parenthood, um, and more. But when you see, because all of those are, that is absolutely what their agenda. I mean, the current party is not for anything. They're simply against. They do not have any policies or, you know, bills they want. Have you, no, have you poli- they, have, bill? they have a policy. Their policy is to get back in power. And retain right. the power and they so, have. That's their policy. So 
they're refusing to be legislators. They're simply blocking any attempt by the Democrats to produce what they're supposed to produce, which is legislation. I think that's why they call it a legislature. God. No, they're, they're, the only thing they do is refuse to allow anyone to get anything done when they aren't in a power to take away other people's, you know, aren't in a position to take away other people's rights. So right now, what they are doing is refusing to fill all of those government positions that uh, were emptied by Trump and and hampering the government at all and they're just sitting there they won't they won't put people back in positions yep i mean that they are doing you know stuff but none of it is constructive it is all destructive and That's i right. do not understand how people cannot just see, see that there it is i know well um they are also you know, trying to subvert the efforts of the government, which happens to be led by a Democrat, uh, to get this virus under control. And everything they're doing is to subvert that and then blame him for it not being under control. Right. And meanwhile, this is the puzzling part where, in meanwhile, the people that are mostly dying from this um, are their own voters. So I, you know, it's a puzzle. It's puzzling. But go ahead. Ah, one. That's okay, Suze. I'll give you that one. I was with a friend the other day, and we were conversing, and she kept interrupting me and then saying. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. She must have said it 7,000 times. <laughs> and I didn't call her on it, but man, I noted it. And I thought, gee whiz. All right. So here's this other thing. Republicans are now actively cheering on bad things. They love that there's inflation right now. And if you think they don't, listen to this. Senator Rick Scott of Florida, who is the guy in charge of the Senate Republicans 2022 midterm campaign, said this, quote, you can see what's going to happen next. We're going to continue to have inflation and then interest rates are going to go up. This is a gold mine for us. He actually said that to the Wall Street Journal. Yep. This is a gold mine for us. Wow. I, it's hard not to despise uh, these people. Yeah, well, I don't see why you should try not to. Did yeah. you note, by the way, that David Nunez is leaving Congress? To yeah, be- Devin, 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 right, Devin, right. He's leaving Congress first of all because he was going to lose. They, uh, his district had been changed or has changed over, and there's no way he was going to win. 
And so he has uh, been put in charge of Trump's media empire, which doesn't exist yet. But we know and and was and was doing real good for about 30 seconds until people thought. And then all of a sudden, uh, this the uh, uh, the shares started losing value. A typical Trump business. It's you're going to it's going to fail, uh, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It ain't going anywhere. It is all just it's uh, going to get yeah. raped. The money's going to line his pockets and then you're going to sit there, you know, holding a bunch of nothing. I why anybody would partner with this person um here's somebody saying there's no other way to put this her daily schedule might just be the most insane and ultimately tragic time accounting by a ceo that most of us will ever come across yeah and by the way did you see it's written on a um uh, on a notepad from a hotel in Singapore called Raffles, the Plaza. And here's a little note where the cheapest room uh, is $634 a night. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, but you, she wasn't having a good time. <laughs> she wasn't having a good time. She was not having a good time. Well, can you imagine saying things like, I show no excitement. Calm, direct, pointed, non-emotive. I speak rarely. When I do, crisp and concise. I'm doing this because... Milton sent me a story that someone had written on it. Uh, and this is, uh, by the way, the guy she's saying is responsible for all this, um, is going to be tried as well. Right. Uh, separately. Uh, anyway, she says that when she believed, back when she wrote this, she believed what she was saying. Now that she's facing the possibility of as much as 20 years in prison, she's uh, blaming it on him. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's sort of like Kyle Rittenhouse now saying it probably wasn't such oh, yeah. a good idea to go to Kenosha. Yeah. <laughs> on second thought. Yeah, right. OK, well, that's fine and dandy. Two people are dead. Another grievously wounded, and he'll be a hero. Who's uh, who? He's going to be a congressional staffer if he agrees to that. He'll be speaking at the Republican convention. He's now going to be a gazillionaire and on the speaking uh, speaking tours for the upcoming fascist state. I'm sorry. I know. Hey, by the way, uh, in regard to the January 6th uh, investigation, um, we have two people now who have agreed to come before the committee, but who ain't going to tell them anything. No, they're going to plead, plead the fifth. And those would be Jeffrey Clark, 
who is the guy who was in the Justice Department, who tried to subvert the election from within Trump's Justice Department, actively tried to knock people off. And and then there's John Eastman, the guy who wrote the famous memo of how Pence could stop everything in its tracks. Right. So those are the two, Jeffrey Clark and John Eastman, who are going to be uh, pleading the fifth. Now, as we know, that is something you can do. But we all pretty much think this. And I'm going to do a quote from Donald J. Trump. He said, the mob takes the fifth. If you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? That's Donald Trump. Right. That's Donald Trump there spoke for, I think, almost all of us. Because why? If you've got nothing to hide. If you haven't done anything criminal, do you take the fifth? And, you know, Susan, there's a list here of people who have recently taken the fifth uh, when subpoenaed by a congressional committee. Are they all in jail for some offense at this point? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Sure. Or they got pardoned by Donald Trump. Right. Because they should have been in jail. One of them was Michael Flynn. Right. Uh, another one was that marvelous guy, Martin Shkreli. He's the one who bought up a, a, a drug company, I think, or purchased a drug and then jacked up the price by 5,000%. Oh, that one. Yeah. He's now doing, uh, he's in prison. Um, they're all guilty, the ones who have done it. Um I'll get you some more here. Remember a guy named Mark McGuire, Susan? Yeah, he was a St. Louis pitcher with uh, forearms of cartoonish size because he used steroids, which I do believe he pleaded the fifth rather than admit to. He pled the fifth. And he laid in front of con- Congress. But then later he did acknowledge that, in fact, he had uh, the year he broke uh, the home run record in a single season record um, that, yeah, he was roided up. Yeah, he was a he wasn't a pitcher. He wasn't a pitcher. He was that hitter. He was the hitter. Yeah. Right. So he was the hitter and uh, he ended up not facing charges, but he ain't ever going to get into the Hall of Fame. No. Here, I got two more. These are blasts from the past. Leading the fifth in front of a congressional committee, Jack Abramoff. He was that lobbyist who right. was in with all the power brokers. And He ended up being involved in an influence peddling scandal, right? Yep. And he he spent more than five years in prison. Right. And then we have Kenneth Lay. That is the former CEO of Enron. Didn't he die before they could put him in prison? 
He was convicted of six counts later, and he died. This said he'd rather be dead than go to prison, so he died. So that's what East. So here's what we know: Eastman and um, and uh, what's his name, Jeffrey Clark, are obviously guilty of. Well, I mean, uh, what the, what does the Fifth Amendment say? It says that you can't be compelled to testify against yourself. Well. I mean, okay, you know, so they can't make me say that I did those things they're saying I did, and the and I also refuse to say I didn't do them because it's that not gives a- because that gives rise to a different crime that it might be easier to convict them of. Yeah, it's not a you know, it's not a good look. Let's it's not a good that. look, but it's not lying. <laughs> Right. Which is their other, you know, they ain't going to tell the truth. So they either say nothing or they lie. And if they lie, then they're lying and they can be charged with lying. So, nope. Nope. But it's not a good look. Not a good look. Nope. See if I can say nope again. Um, I'm just saying you say I'm just saying more than nope. I read the the saddest little that wasn't little it was long the saddest long piece in the Washington Post about a high school teacher in Tennessee oh yeah did you read this did you no read I it? just read the headline I know the the, oh, the, the guy that lost was- his job the white he man was fired. lost his job for t- for teaching what that um, race for teaching that racism existed, right? And that there was such a thing as white privilege. And he loved um, he loved challenging his overwhelmingly conservative white students to see things in a different way. And this is a guy who had a passion for teaching, who was clearly, clearly really good at it. And this story is just breaks your heart. The class that got him fired was he was teaching a class called Contemporary Issues. He had taught the course. This is where you looked into things that were actually happening, not history, happening now. And he taught it for 10 years. Not a single complaint. And then he made the mistake of telling his all-white class that white privilege is a fact. Uh, he also shared with them a video, um, called white privilege, which is a profane four minute poetry performance by a woman named Kyla Jeanne Lacey. And at one point she says, Oh, am I making you uncomfortable? 
try a cramped slave ship. And before this guy hit the play button, he actually laughed and said to his class, I'll probably get fired for showing you this. And he was fired. Well, he was fired know. for teaching critical race theory. And he said, I had never, I. <laughs> He's never even heard of critical race. He theory. hadn't heard it. He hadn't heard of it until it became this, this, this thing. And in fact, the Tennessee legislature, I guess in this regard, he broke a law. The Tennessee legislature is one of uh, minimally 11 states, all, of course, Republican states, that have banned any of its schools or teachers from teaching. This is, this is what the Tennessee law said. No teacher, no school can teach that, quote, an individual by virtue of the individual's race or sex is inherently privileged, racist, sexist, or oppressive. Now, while I would agree that because somebody is white does not make them necessarily racist, or somebody is a male, that does not make them sexist, but I got to tell you, the one thing in this law that is Ridiculous is that you cannot teach that because of your race, that one race is inherently privileged over another. That is true in this yeah. country. It's, you, just, you can just look around and see that some of us have it easier than others, and most of us are one color. So what's interesting is when he got fired, um, some of his students who were all really conservative, um, one of whom had stormed out of his class once, uh, they, once he was fired, got on his side. And right. testified in his appeal to the school board. One of them as a kid, he's still a fervent Republican, but he used to seek this teacher out, even between classes, because he really loved arguing with him about politics. Now, how is that not a great teacher? That's exactly actually, that's what a teacher does. That's yeah. what a good teacher looks like. That's teaching people how to critically think. Exactly. Not teaching the outcome of what you think. Just that you get there through logic, reason, and fact. This is so, so sad. He'll get another job. Well, but this is his home. This yeah, is where he grew up. This is where he lives. Um, here's another kid whose whole life was transformed. Um, and in fact, because he grew up there, he, the teacher, was a young Republican as a teenager. 
he would get up early to watch Rush Limbaugh. He grew up absolutely believing everyone in America had an equal shot at getting somewhere by dint of hard work. And then he went to college and he started getting introduced to things that made him wonder about stuff. And like happens to some people, not all, he began to grow. No, he just began to question what he had accepted as true. Um, another kid, listen to this, stormed out of his class because in this contemporary issues class, they were talking about, remember when Trump wanted to have a big military parade in Washington, D.C. Yeah. I forget it was before July 4th. It's like yeah. something the United States has never done. It was That's right never. after he was inaugurated. He wanted a big parade okay. immediately. Right. And so this teacher brings that up in his class. And one of the kids who is just totally ardent military supporter argued with him that this was a wonderful thing to do to pay tribute to the people who serve in the military. And the teacher said, but most democracies don't do this kind of thing. Countries like China, Russia, North Korea, they're the ones who do military parades. And the kid went berserk. He said, I'm out of here you leftist snowflake, and stormed out of the room. The next day, the teacher raises the topic again. And he pointedly asked the kid, if you care so much for the military, why wouldn't you take the money that it's going to cost? to throw this big parade because it's going to cost a lot of money and give it to the VA. Give it to the Veterans Administration that'll actually help the vets. And the kid said it hit him like a punch and I didn't have an answer. This guy is such an incredible teacher. It's so and, and a courageous okay. teacher, and yeah. you know it's. Uh, I, believe me, I faced a group of uh, high school smart high school students as a teacher, and it's n it's not for the faint of heart. I went to law school well, forthwith. <laughs> <laughs> so when he finally finds out that his. Uh, his appeal was put Denied. aside. And here's how the story, the story in the Washington Post ends. In the coming weeks, his name is Hahn, H-A-W-N. Hahn would file yet another appeal to the school board. Try one more time. 
to get his job back. But that Friday, after calling his mother, all he could do was sit in silence at his kitchen table. His head slumped forward until it reached his outstretched arms. He let it rest there, hiding his tears. They broke him. Six to one, they voted on his appeal. Saying he had failed to learn anything from a previous reprimand. Oh, so I, I, I just, I mean, it's a beautifully written piece. And because I have not said his name, Matthew Hawn, H-A-W-N, Kingsport, uh, Tennessee. And he is now unemployed and heartbroken. And Kingsport, Tennessee has lost probably their best. The best teacher. High school teacher they had. And, and, you know, the, the, the point is, is that that man really did have, I can guarantee you, lifelong influences on his class. Sure, sure. And those kids that came forward to testify to that fact, Show that, that. He, that, Show that. that he taught them how to think and, and argue respectfully and how to hear and how to question, that's, that's exactly what you want each and every one of your teachers to do. That is at the base of everything they do. A teacher doesn't just teach their subject. They are modeling character at the same time. And if, and, and if you don't have a teacher that can do that, then they're missing half the job. And especially in this world where, for various reasons, kids come into classrooms where they don't have that kind of consistent model of good character. Exactly. Teaching at the same time. It's terribly, terribly important. And I'm using that adjective for a reason, because the consequences of not having it truly are terrible. Terrible. And I want to talk, we really got a minute left. I I just want to talk about how chilling I found this story. Because knowing that um, at this point, as many as 20 states in this country are literally uh, criminalizing and getting rid of any teacher who dares to challenge uh, their students in this way. that kind, it, it, that is in the same, that's like book burning, and we're going to be seeing that again. This is like, this is the kind of thing that fascists do. And as I was looking at this picture of this wonderful man, um, I thought of all the the teachers in Germany, in the Great teachers, some of them great scientists, some of them geniuses, 
who were thrown out of their schools and not allowed to teach because they were Jews or because they were a little lefty because their politics weren't right. And this is what happens when these autocratic types, which is what we got big time in the Republican Party now, try to stifle anything that suggests that what they're peddling is not true. Tries to stifle, they will stifle, and they're doing it. They are stifling. And they're taking over school boards. I just saw that a school board near here, North Allegheny, big district, Susan, big suburban district, just got there in the recent election. That's now a majority Republican school board. Watch what's going to happen there. You know, the one thing that uh, school school boards have always tried not to be, uh, you don't run as a Republican or a Democrat. Exactly right. Nor do they hear, but everybody knows. Right. Nor do they hear. So, God, unbelievable. All right. Well, that's it, I think. Oh, dear. So, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're um, I'm glad you're home in Chicago. I am. I'm getting ready to receive our um, our niece from uh, oh, London. London. When? On Friday. Oh, gosh. You're so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I wish I could be there. Mm. Well. God. Are they okay so with me? <laughs> so they're coming with the the baby. The baby. Wow! Wow! All right, guys. Thank you so much. Okay. And, uh, Talk soon. Thank you, Suze. Okay. Bye. 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 And uh, bye to all of you. And sorry the way I left you yesterday, man. I got myself worked up into a rant, um, which was not particularly uh, generous uh, to uh, Christians. And um, I do apologize for that. I was spewing something with a very broad brush, but I had Gandhi on my side. So I think that's what I'm blaming Gandhi. Okay. He's the one who said, I like your Christ. They don't like your Christians or something like that. There, I did it again. And now I'm leaving. Goodbye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.